Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker. Welcome to Cruising Through Retirement. You know, in planning for retirement, there are many strategies that can help shape your income. And if maintaining your current lifestyle is a goal of yours, then stick around because on today's show, we're going to outline several ways that you can find the best. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement. We've got a great trip planned for you today. Kevin Brooker is here, of course. Kevin is a fiduciary and investment advisor representative. You'll find him at Silverleaf Financial. He's been helping folks for more than 30 years getting to and through retirement. He's had time to write a book. It's called The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. If that sounds interesting to you, then visit silverleaffinancial.com and pick up your free copy right there. Hey, Kevin, how's it going? It is going very well, very well, Steve. And uh, by all means, guys, yeah, the book is free. Um, if you'd like to find out how, how, if you've got a concern, I should say, about long-term care, and you'd like to pay for it with money that is not taxed, I can show you how to do it with tax, on a tax-free basis. Just check out the website, silverleaffinancial.com. Uh, just put in a little bit of contact information. I can either email you the book or send you the hard copy, whatever you prefer, but it is free of charge and free of obligation. That sounds great. And again, it's it's a great it's a great little read too. Just want to because you've got so much insight into doing that, and I know it comes from personal experience for the most part. uh, But that's what makes that book interesting. It is, you know, um, I I saw it in my own family. I've seen it a couple times actually, and and uh, a lot of people, you know, most people, uh, I I guess I should say most folks that are, you know, let's say over the age of forty, probably have 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 heard how expensive, uh, you know, these homes can be. And especially if somebody winds up in what they call the memory care, you know, division, right. um, a lot of people might know that there's like three different, there's really three different types of nursing homes. You know, you've got, um, they got, they call it independent living. You're still at the facility. They still have nurses, things like that, but it's independent living and it might be, let's say four grand a month. And then you have assisted living, which is another level higher. And uh, that's probably in the six or 7,000 a month range. Uh, and then you have another area called memory care. And in that part of the facility, that's where they have all the combination locks on the doors because they want to make sure nobody, uh, you know, just walks out mistakenly and 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 can't uh, doesn't realize where they are. 
those are approaching eight. Those are at basically eight to nine thousand a month right now, Oof. and and could certainly cost more if you want to do this in Scottsdale. It's probably eleven or twelve thousand a month. So the costs are are very very high. And so, guys, what I would say seriously, think about your family. If your family has any history of Alzheimer's disease, okay, you really really should request this book. Take a look at it because Alzheimer's is one of the biggest contributors. Uh, to you know, they cause it's one of the biggest causes of folks that wind up in the memory care uh, facilities. And unfortunately, I've seen it firsthand. I have a very close relative that uh, developed dementia uh, in her late sixties, and husband tried to help as much as as much as he could. Um, but then one day he comes into the room and she r- runs over and picks up a knife and says, "Who are you? What are you doing in my house?" Threatening wow. him. That's just and scary. It, it is scary, right? It's your, it's your own a wife that you've been married to for decades doesn't recognize you. And so she's just early seventies. Uh, so she could have another, she could be there 15, 20 years or more wow. at a, co- at a, at a very, very high cost. Sure. And so if there's any way that you can do this and you can at least save the tax money on it, you know, that alone, if you're in a high tax bracket is, could save you, you know, 40% or so on your money. So I can show you how we can reposition those assets that you'll have it there if you need it. But you know what? The good news is if you don't need it, you don't lose the money. It's your money. It's your asset. You can spend it yourself later on in life, or you could just leave it to a beneficiary if you never use it at all or don't need it at all. So it's nothing you lo- you don't lose it. And that's the key point that I want to make. So by all means, guys, uh, feel free to reach out and I'd be happy to get the book to you. That sounds great, Kevin. Again, silverleaffinancial.com. That's the website where you can get it. So, uh, you know, the market this week has been mm, really not that good. Oh, no. And so as we sort of wind up the week, uh, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Who's getting hit the worst? Well, I tell you what, right now this week, financials, financials have taken a hard hit. Uh, We had a couple banks earlier this week, uh, I believe it was middle of the week, Wednesday, I think it was that, um, gosh, what are they? uh, uh, One of the companies is like Silver Bank or something. um, And and they, they were a big lender to crypto companies. And um, they're blaming FTX, the fallout of FTX, which some of you might know has, has ba- basically been shut down and looks like uh, there's a huge fraud. So uh, what's happening is the crypto industry is starting to crack, in my opinion, and, and the weaker players are having trouble. I do think from what I understand, and I say this because cryptocurrency and the blockchain technology behind it is very, very, very complicated in my view. And I've talked to a lot of very intelligent people. Uh, they have trouble understanding it themselves. And this is why I say don't invest in something if you don't understand it. And some people will say, you know what? If you can't explain that to me in like 30 seconds, what they do or what this is, then you probably shouldn't be investing in it. All right. And, and what I think is the case, I think a lot of the cryptocurrencies that have come out there, I believe there are thousands of them at this point. I've, I've lost track of how many there are. Uh, but you can just create one of these, you know, like Dogecoin or Doggy Coin or whatever you want to call whatever, it. Whatever, yeah. Touting, you know, it, 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 nothing. It was a guess. It was created as a joke. That was a joke, and and people started to buy it. They drove up the price, and and so it reminds me of the what did they talk about? The tulip mania back back in <laughs> in the in the Netherlands yeah. uh, in the seventeen hundreds or something. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, the the factors, the emotions that drive investing are greed and fear. And either one of them can can wreak havoc in the markets. And this is why when the, I say the markets are irrational, they can go what, far higher than they should ever go, far higher than the valuations support. 
but it's because of irrational behavior like Greenspan, Alan Greenspan back in the 90s, mid was it 96 or something, roughly. Uh, Alan Greenspan was the chief of the federal you know, of the central bank at that time. And he coined the term irrational exuberance uh, as the, as okay. <laughs> as the markets just kept on going higher and higher and higher for another three years after he made that comment until, of course, we crashed in 2000 and had a horrible bear market. And the point is, the, the, the markets trade on, on emotion a lot of times, not necessarily fundamentals. And, and I think that uh, investors, you know, they see something that, that can make some money, like a lot of the meme stocks, they, the fundamentals don't support it. I think the same thing happened with a lot of crypto plays is that I don't know how you can even come up with a fundamental valuation. I think my personal opinion is that the blockchain technology that's behind it, I believe, has good value and I believe it can transform the banking system. But that doesn't mean you should go out and buy a cryptocurrency. And, and so, as we've talked about on the show before, these are things to be very, very careful with. Uh, some of the banks that got hit, hit, hit this week, uh, one is called SVB, uh, Sam Victor uh, Boy, for lack of a better word, yeah. S- SVB Financial. That's the parent company of a bank called the Silicon Valley Bank. And that one got taken to the woodshed this week, where on uh, Thursday, it dropped 61%. Oh, goodness. Just in that day, guys, just in this six and a half hour trading period that the stock market is open each day, this thing drops 61. So what's that, 10% an hour? I mean, it, it, <laughs> something like that. It's, yeah. It's a lot of money. A lot of money was lost. And, and so the Silicon Valley Bank, um, they, they do, I believe they have some exposure to crypto, but it's really, really what they do is they lend money to venture capitalists. And venture capitalists uh, are the very early, the very early guys, the ones that, they're generally very wealthy people that that um, provide the early stage financing for companies well before they go public. Uh, we call them venture capital, um, and some people call it private equity. It's essentially the same thing. You're giving seed money to small companies, hoping they turn into a big company so that you can make you know like a hundred times on your money. So because Wall Street's new offerings, new initial offerings are down, uh, venture capitalists haven't been doing you know haven't been as busy. Uh, but this bank today, I think it got caught up in the crypto mess. And if you look at financials as a sector today, uh, Steve, they 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 this week I should say they got hit. They got hit very hard. Bank of America and J.P. Morgan. I think J.P. Morgan dropped five percent in one day. Wow, those um, are the big boys. Those are the big boys, and and you have to think that they're far far more diversified than just a company that was focusing on crypto. Well, you would think. Um, you know, Silvergate Capital. I'm going back to the one in a minute. Silvergate Capital. That's the one that focused on the crypto that that uh, shut their essentially said we're shutting down this week, and that's what led to the contagion. And so my point is, um, make sure as I said a minute ago, make sure you understand what you're investing in before you pull the trigger. If you don't, then you need to work with an advisor that can take care of it for you. And and that's something that I'd be happy to do. I pay for independent research. Um, and that's how I decide what I'm buying and what I'm selling. I'm using outside third-party research um, that is only their only business is providing research. You know, they don't have a trading desk or an investment bank at the same time. They're not giving you a buy recommendation on a company that they just brought public two months ago, which is what a lot of the big investment banks do. All right. So, so they're kind of uh, touting their own, you know, blowing their own horn there, if you will. Uh, a lot of people don't realize this, which to me, it's a conflict of interest. I say, you know, you guys just got paid billions of dollars or you know, a lot of money to bring these guys public. And now you're saying I should buy the stock because they have an obligation. They're supposed to support that stock when it starts to trade. Mm-hmm. So make sure you understand how these things work, guys. If not, if you don't want to deal with it, that's when you should call an advisor. Talk to an advisor that can take care of it for you. 
I'd be happy to help you out with that if you'd like. Great. And, and so give Kevin a call if you'd like. It's super easy. 800-975-6717. 800-975-6717. Better yet, just visit the website silverleaffinancial.com. You can find you can reach out to Kevin right there on the homepage. You can also pick up the book that we were talking about a bit earlier. Now, okay, so uh, you look at uh, headlines, uh, you know, from a business standpoint, economic standpoint. Um, there's a whole lot of talk about uh, Biden's economic plan and and what he's talking about this week what uh, yes. where, where do you fall on that you, you know what steve I'm, I'm glad you brought that up and and uh okay i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna fall into the camp that says really wealthy individuals and corporations should be paying more in income tax i agree right? the fact the fact you know the fact of the matter is they're the ones making all the money all right and and so to give you guys an idea like for instance in the last administration the trump administration um he lowered taxes for corporations, all right? And, and, I, and I've been waiting for people to finally wake up. To me, Republicans are all about billionaires and corporations. They're not about the average guy, all right? If you look at Amazon in 2021, Amazon, everybody knows Amazon, right? Yes. They had $35 billion in income for 2021, $35 billion. Do you know what they paid in tax? Can't imagine. $2 billion. Oh, wow. $2 billion. Okay, that's an effective tax rate of 6.1%. 6% on a company that made $35 billion. All right. Why am I paying I paid, 12? <laughs> I, I, paid, I paid a lot more than that. And I certainly aren't making, yeah, you know, right. I'm not making money like that. All right. ExxonMobil. How about that one? You guys know that one, right? Oh, sure. ExxonMobil had $9.3 billion in income last year. I should say in 2021. Uh, they paid a whole $236 million in taxes. So their effective tax rate was 2.8%. Microsoft. Wow. Microsoft, $33 billion in earnings, 9.7% effective tax rate. JP Morgan, $48 billion in income, paid less than 6% effective federal taxes. All right. <laughs> wow. Verizon, $27 billion in income. They paid 6.9% in federal taxes. All right. Ford made $10 billion. They paid 1% in federal income taxes. All right. So, guys, these are just a few. These are just a few. So when people stand up and the politicians and all the Republicans stand up and say, no, we're not raising corporate taxes, maybe ask them, ask them why. All right. Why exactly do they, all these companies are making billions of dollars and we don't think it's OK to have a minimum tax or have them pay a higher tax rate? I think that's ridiculous. Their prosperity is based on the fact they live, they're selling to us, right, American citizens. And, and I, I just think it's outrageous that they have this type of income and pay such low effective tax rates. Um, and, and I, I'm, and I'm also, it also makes less and less sense to me that, um, some of the tax breaks that people, that, that are go given out there. Um, for instance, something that a lot of really, really rich people might probably aren't going to like, um, you, you know, you can buy real estate and you don't have to pay tax. You can buy real estate, you can make a huge profit and you can sell it. And as long as you reinvest that money into other real estate at the higher, at same or higher value, you defer the taxes. You don't have to pay the taxes on it. My question is, why do they get a special treatment? Well, I can't do that with stocks. If I sell a stock and make a profit, it doesn't matter if I buy another stock with the money. I got to pay tax on the gain. All right. If I buy artwork and I make a profit on it, I have to pay tax on it. It doesn't matter if I buy other artwork with it. If you do the same thing about any other asset class, there's no other asset class that gets special treatment like real estate. And so I, I, I say it's about time that they get treated just like everybody else. All right. If you make a profit when you sell it, you pay the tax, period. And, and I don't understand the argument against it. It doesn't make any sense to me. So to me, 
the proposals I've heard so far from from Biden make a ton of sense. All right. I think they make a ton of sense. Let's let's ask the Republicans why they don't want Medicare to negotiate drug prices. All right. The Biden administration is the first one that's made any traction on that. But the Republicans would only approve what I think five or 10 drugs. That's all they would approve. I'm saying, why? How, how much money are they getting from the pharmaceutical companies that they want Americans to pay the highest prices in the world for drugs, for pharmaceutical drugs? So one of the other proposals that he's made uh, that they're saying is going to save, I don't know how many billions of dollars, is simply by letting Medicare negotiate drug prices, which I think we should have been doing a long, long time ago. And I think people need to stand up and ask the Republicans why they're fighting it, because they're the ones that are fighting it. All right. And so it, it, it makes me sick. I don't I don't under, understand why why uh, the government the government is the largest purchaser. U.S. government, I believe, is the single largest purchaser of pharmaceuticals in the world. You would think if anybody's got the ability to negotiate, it's the it's the group that's buying the most. Right. You would think so. So, so I, I, I think uh, those are the ones that the, the pieces that I've heard about um, that I'm in favor of. I'm in favor of them. And, and I certainly think corporate, these companies, you know, I don't care the excuse. I'm sure they've got excuses, uh, but come on, you can make 48, JP Morgan can make $48 billion in income and they pay less than 6% in federal taxes. I, I think that's outrageous, you know? So that's my opinion, guys. I hope you're taking a look at it. I hope you're, I hope you're paying attention. And I hope you'll ask your Congress people why they're voting the way that they're voting. All right. And I think that everybody needs to realize that a lot of these Congress, a lot of these representatives, they're not doing, they're not representing their constituents. You know, they're not representing the people in their in their district. They're really representing the corporations that are giving them boatloads of money. Well, of course, that's what that's what they're doing. Yeah, but that's right? Democrats and Republicans. That's Democrats and Republicans. I agree. I agree. Yeah, there's one in Arizona called Kristen Cinema, right? Yeah, she ran she ran on the platform of being a Democrat, but if you look at because they have to disclose where they receive campaign contributions. Yeah. She received more in contributions from Republican entities and groups, which is why she supported the Republican side of the agenda, which is now why she said, Oh, I'm independent. I'm not a Democrat. She, she voted Whoops. along. She, right. She <laughs> voted with the money. She voted with a bunch of hedge funds, got hedge fund guys that are making billions of dollars. They got it. They've got a carve out tax break. That's called carried interest. All right. And it's a way they get compensated, way they, they get paid income, but they get to treat it like it's capital gains. So they pay a far lower tax rate on it, even though it is income to the hedge fund. That was that was something that came up. They tried to they tried to change and, and the Republicans shot it down. And it's the rich hedge fund guys that contribute to the candidate, like in this case, cinema to get her to support their agenda and I guess if you send somebody enough money, they'll vote however you want them to. <laughs> well, you know, it's, I guess that's, that's what we've learned from this. We, ha- we have. It's, it's very frustrating to me because I, I just think the playing field should be uh, a little bit more, a little more fair. But the fact is the really rich people, you know, they've got the resources, you know, to, to manipulate people and, well, and, yeah. to take, and to take advantage of the system and to hire the best accountants that, that can be very aggressive with write-offs and all these things. And so, so anyway, we, we've got a massive deficit in this country of $31 trillion. Uh, I believe we're going to pay $800 billion just in interest this year. All right. Uh, and it's costing the, us a lot more taxpayers. It's costing us a lot more interest on the debt because interest rates are, have gone higher. 
So now every time the government's issuing treasuries, and I've advocated buying treasuries here, guys. Yes, you have. And that's because, and that's, and I do believe that. That's because, you know, interest rates have come up. All right, but you have to realize if they're paying you five, like right now, two-year treasury notes are up basically at five percent. That means the government's paying you or paying whoever you know who's the creditor, whoever loans them the money. They're paying out five percent, whereas a year ago it was you know what one percent. So our, our debt expense is going higher, and we've got to find a way to get it under control. To me, these are obvious solutions. You know, negotiating uh, drug prices can lower the cost of Medicare. I don't. I can't imagine why everybody wouldn't be in favor of that if they're being pure in their intent and not getting you know not looking out for another pharmaceutical interest or something. Well, you would think so, so but I mean, again, I, kind of politics is a weird world. It is. I mean, I don't care where you are. I mean, we all have our own opinions, and and sure. But I mean, but again, when you look at when you look at them as a whole, I mean, you know, really, (laughs) you're right. It It needs to be a a better level playing field. I I mean, really, is it going to really is it going to bankrupt Exxon Mobil or J.P. Morgan or Amazon if they paid fifteen or twenty percent in taxes? No. Right, they might have six. to cut back on the yeah, big bonuses, but I mean, hey, maybe, yeah, maybe they can't keep paying their boss sixty million dollars a year. <laughs> Do you <right>? think? <laughs> I mean, does anyone think that's a reasonable salary? Yeah. I mean, you know. Anyway, it, I'm sure the guy making it thinks it's reasonable. Uh, Jamie Dimon, I'm talking about sure, you. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so so anyway, I'll I'll, I'll get off the, the the political train here, but I think everyone should take a look at it and look at it from the standpoint of of an individual consumer, as opposed to you know the pharmaceutical or big brother or the politics behind it. Forget about the politics. Just ask yourself, doesn't it make sense to let Medicare negotiate the prices on all the drugs? I mean, I, I, I don't know yeah. why I, the, the, the counter argument is, Oh, well, if, if, if you do that, then we're not going to develop as many new drugs. We're not going to do the We're not going to do as much R and D. The fact of the matter is guys, the United States is the research lab for the entire world. All right. It's the research that we do that the rest of the world benefits from. But they buy these drugs at a fraction of the price that we pay here. And and I that drives me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. nonetheless, we started off talking about ways you can generate some retirement income, right? Yeah. Because right, while you're working, you get that paycheck every week or every month or every two weeks, however often you get paid. And you've got a steady income coming in. And most of us live off of that money. Uh, when you get to retirement, you know, hopefully you've got money saved so that you can generate additional income beyond your social security. Because um, we all know that if they don't do anything, Social Security is going to see at least a 20% cut uh, in the next decade uh, if Congress doesn't do something about it. Um, and, and so what I say is that you need to take action, pardon me, to put money away that you can use to generate income when you're retired. That'll be an addition to your Social Security. I'm not, I'm not saying Social Security is going away, but it'll be cut. Everyone's payment will be cut. If they don't take action in my, in, in, from what it looks like to me. Right. So, so what I would suggest is take a look at the vehicles that are out there and let's, let me give you an example. Let's say you have a hundred thousand dollars that you want to allocate, you know, for something hope, and, 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 it, and this would just be a piece of your money. Ideally, when you retire, you've got at least half a million, if, if not far larger. Um, I mean, there are some people I've, I'm seeing some estimates that say people need to have a couple needs to have $2 million retire, uh, which I don't personally agree with. Uh, we need to talk about your lifestyle to figure all these things out. Um, but going back to the hundred thousand, if you have a hundred thousand dollars, the old rule of thumb, if you have it in stocks and bonds, is that you could withdraw four percent on an annual basis and have a high probability, right? Not a guarantee, but a high probability that it would last even if you live into your nineties. 
Um, now, now there's a lot of risk to that, right? If you if you do this, if you put this hundred thousand in the market or a million or whatever it is, and you're planning on you know taking out if it's a million dollars, you could take forty grand. If your first two, three, four years stocks and bonds go down, like let's say you retired a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. and and your first year you see a 25 percent drop like we just had, what does that do to your plan? It kind of blows it up, right? And so you've got a lot of risk if you're doing it that way. But let's go back to the example, $100,000. And I'm going to say, compare the 100000 in stocks and bonds. Why don't we compare that to one of the best uh, index annuities that have income guarantees? Because this, I feel, is a great vehicle uh, for retirement income. Because, guys, the only account that will keep on paying you even after it goes to zero is an annuity that has this contractual guarantee. And I say that that way because all annuities do not operate this way. All right. It's very important. They are not all the same. They've got a lot of same, a lot of the same characteristics, but they're not identical. All right. And I always talk about cars and I say, yes, we can all recognize a car when we see it, right? Because they have similar characteristics, but they're not all the same. And I, and I, and I'm sure we'd all agree. They're not all the same. No, <laughs> of course not. I know. I know the performance of my Lexus sedan is nothing like the performance of, <laughs> you know, some other sports cars, some sports cars out there. Right. So, but, but they're, but they have similarities, right? And so the example I want to give you, one of the nice things guys about what happened in the last couple of years with interest rates going higher is nice. Now we can finally make some money on, on, you know, money markets, things like that. But the other nice thing is that the income guarantees that the insurance companies will give you are much higher than they were just a year or two ago. So for instance, I can take a hundred thousand, let's say you're 60 years old and you put a hundred thousand dollars into one of these accounts. And the idea behind it is then to leave it alone. Don't touch it. Okay. For 10 years. All right. And if you did that after 10 years, this account's going to be paying you $14,000 a year for life. For life. Okay. For life. 14 grand. Me so or my spouse? I, if, it, if you put your spouse in there, it's going to be more like 13 grand. Wow. Um, so, so with, with a joint, um, and, and by the way, if you are married, if, let me say, if you're happily married, okay, you don't, <laughs> yeah. you don't plan on ending that relationship anytime soon, then I would always recommend joint life. Okay. And mm-hmm. what that means is that even after the first person, you know, after the first person passes away, that annuity payment is going to continue to the surviving spouse at the exact same dollar amount. So there'll be no reduction. So if you're getting a thousand dollars a month, the wife or the husband, whoever survives will continue getting that thousand dollars a month for as long as they live, even if they live to 105. All right. And so the reason I'm doing uh, annuities and the reason I advocate them is because it's a guaranteed source of income that you cannot outlive. And now let's compare it though. Let's go back to that example, right? I said $100,000 and I said for a single life, okay, we'll get you $14,000 a year. Sure. All okay? right. Yep. Now, now let's go back to the example of the $100,000 in stocks and bonds where you can withdraw 4%, okay? And think about how much you have to grow that to. All right. The answer is 350,000. Okay. So you're 100,000. You need to see three and a half X return. So you need to triple your money, triple and a half, if that makes triple sense. Triple and a half. Yeah. Wow. It does. All right. So now you, so let's say you do it. Let's say the stock market does really well over the next 10 years and you grew your 100,000 to 350. You can take 4%. Now you got your 14 grand a year. But guess what? You still need that portfolio to perform and not take any big losses, right? Otherwise, you're, you know, if your 350 turns into 250, now you're only able to take out 10 grand a year, right? okay? So to me, 
it makes sense to put some money into these guaranteed vehicles. Not, not all of your portfolio. I'm just saying, take a part of it, take a part of your portfolio and put it into something that's going to give you guarantees that you don't have to think about. You don't have to worry about it. And that's one thing that I, that I think about after doing this, I've been in this business 33 years and I don't care what anybody says. The fact is nobody knows what the market's going to do day to day or week to week. Nobody. No. And there's too many variables that come into play. And now it's gotten even more complicated because now you've got artificial intelligence coming into the mix. You've got all these computer algorithms. I mean, there are computer, people have written computer algorithms, you know, code that will react based on individuals making comments. For instance, there's a guy named Mike Wilson at a, at a big firm called Morgan Stanley. He's pretty widely followed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have now created computer algorithms that will trade and react based on what Mike Wilson says on a day-to-day basis. Now, how crazy is Whoa, that? How scary is that? <laughs> so, so, so then you want to think about, you know, it's not just me and Steve and the couple of guys down the street investing in the stock market, right? Yeah, not so much. It's people all around the world, all around the world with all sorts of different agendas. And you've got to think about all these really wealthy people. Do you think they're trying to compete to create computer programs and find these super smart coders and other people that can help them, you know, you know, dominate the stock market or figure out how to get the best returns possible? I, I think the answer is, of course, there are. They're doing it every day. And so so when I think about it, I say, how is the little guy supposed to, supposed to compete with all this? All right. And I do think the stock market makes sense for long term money because we never know. The reason everyone says long term is because nobody knows what's going to happen in the short term. All right. Sure. But we do. But we do know over time, looking back the last hundred years, over time, stock markets have been fantastic investments. You just have to be able to stomach and tolerate the ups and the downs. And so what I'm suggesting is by taking some of the money that you have and putting it into some guaranteed vehicles that you know are going to give you income. To me, that frees me up with my other money that I can put in the stock market. And if it drops 20 or 30%, it's like, all right, I don't like it, but I'm okay with it. I can survive because I'm not living off of it. Yeah. So I can just let it do its thing and I'll keep collecting my annuity check and I don't have to worry about it. And I'm just going to look long-term with the stock market. So my personal approach is, you know what? I'm not going to gamble that I can that I can see more than a triple, that I can more than triple my money in 10 years. And then I have to maintain it Make sure it doesn't drop too much. Otherwise, my income goes down. I'd rather say, you know what? I'm not, maybe I don't live off that money. Maybe that's just, you know, extra, extra, you know, fun money or something. Maybe what you do is you set up your income from guaranteed vehicles that doesn't matter what happens in the world or the economy. You know, that check is going to be in your bank account every single month. Well, it couldn't, I mean, that's essentially that's social security up to a point, right? It is. It is. The, I'm sorry, Social Security, you're saying it's like Social Security? So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's similar. In other words, yeah, because oh, you're going to get money either, as long as you live. It is. Well, well you, yeah, you might, you might know Social Security is probably the biggest annuity in the world. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you know, and, and that's really what it is. And, and you guys might know that the backbone, anyone that's got a pension plan, the backbone of that is an annuity. It's, 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 just, a, it's just a big one. All right. It's a group annuity, but that's what it is. And, and so you're, you're right. You know what? With Social Security, I often recommend people wait as long as you can, because every month that you wait to claim Social Security, your check gets a little bit bigger. Every year you wait, it goes up roughly 8%, but it, but it doesn't mean you have to wait a year. You could wait two months and, and you'll get a bump in your Social Security. All right. So that's a vehicle that is still growing faster, guaranteed to grow faster than any other vehicle we have. So I say, you know what? 
try to make that wait. And what I recommend is if you've got enough income or if you've got enough money coming in and you want to retire at 65, let's see if we can structure it so you can live off your investment income, interest or annuity income, and that you can wait to claim your social security because it's going to keep on going up every month. Right? Yeah. And so the fact is, yes, social security is, is a gigantic annuity, just like the pension plans. And just like an annuity, every year that you wait, the payment gets bigger. Annuities work the exact same way. The income annuities, um, these have these have features. Now there is a cost to it, guys. And I could show you what I like to show people is this is what you can get for free because there are companies that'll pay you the, pay you this income for free with no charge, right? And I'll show you how much they'll pay. And then when I show you the sh the spreadsheet that says, okay, these have a fee. This is how much they'll pay. Then you'll see why we advocate paying the fee because the fact is when when you pay the fee, you get a higher guaranteed income. That's just that's just how it works. Well, exactly. But I mean, again, the way that you, you the the way that you lay it out with the math. I mean, the math doesn't lie. You know, it's a it seems like a really good thing. I think it, to me, it's a really good thing because I you know because I've I've I look at these you know throughout my entire career, and for the last fifteen years, the rates weren't that good, and and and, and that's why. Um, you know, that be, but that's because interest rates were so low because interest rates were essentially at zero. Um, you guys, you, you might, I don't know if anybody realizes, you know, the average 10 year treasury yield, like right now it's just around just below 4%. Okay. Uh, and there's all kinds of people sc screaming about how high it is. You know, if you take out the financial crisis, so before 2007, take out the last 15 or 16 years, the average for the 10 year treasury was 7%. Seven. Okay. It's only because of the financial crisis where the government took interest rates to zero that people, you know, that younger people, you know, if you're like 40 or younger, you probably don't realize that interest rates were as high as they were. You probably heard it or read it, but you didn't live it. And, and so the fact of the matter is rates have historically been much, much higher. And, but this last 15 years, they haven't been very high and that's kept these payments down. So now when I look at this and I saw um, you know, cause I'm, I'm looking at, I'm, do, I'm doing this for me and my wife, guys. This is something I'm doing for me and my wife is setting up these contracts. So we have additional sources of income so that as we get older, you know, we'll be collecting social security at a later date, but I'll also have these other income annuities that I can turn on if I want some extra income that'll pay me an extra, you know, 500 a month or whatever it is. And, and the way that I'm also doing it, I'm using Roth IRA money. So that'll be tax-free income. And as long as, uh, my other income sources are tax-free. That means our social security will be tax-free too. So I'm really looking forward to not having to pay income tax in retirement. Well, I am too, Kevin. And again, you've, you're the only one that I know of that, that really can preach that and, and actually make it happen. I mean, it, obviously it takes money. It takes time. We've got to think about, I, I mean, obviously, yes. but all of the, uh, the, the part, the pieces of the puzzle that you can begin to put together uh, really are remarkable. Oh, and Steve, I really appreciate it. I do really appreciate that. And, and guys, you know, one other point on the Roth IRA, if you're a high income person, you should seriously consider converting some of your uh, uh, 401k or your, or your traditional IRA into a Roth in the next two years, because those tax cuts from the last administration are going to expire uh, in 2025, I believe is the last year. Mm -hmm. So that means they're most likely going higher. So if you have any thoughts about converting, I would suggest do it in the next couple of years and pay a lower tax rate. All right. We'll give Kevin a call if that's something that interests you, 800-975-6717. You can also visit the website, silverleaffinancial.com. Don't forget, when you're there, you can pick up uh, Kevin's book, The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. Well, we kind of went a little bit long today, but I bet that's okay. It was great stuff, Kevin. 
Oh, hey, th- thank you, Steve. No, no, you know what, guys? I hope I hope you find uh, some of the, some of the information you know useful, helpful, uh, and just give me. This for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, hosts, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial. Member Spinra SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise and create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today.